0: This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.
1: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. It's going to be a good one, this. It's going to be a doozy. I can see Mr. Bermudez there nodding his head. He's got something up his sleeve. I've got some up my sleeve for him. I'm your host, John Was Junior, joined by two of my uh, brilliant charges co-hosts, uh, Dan King. How's it going, buddy?
2: Not too bad. What's how are you doing this ever so slightly warm evening?
1: Uh, struggling, mate. I did a I did a uh, FTP earlier, functional uh, threshold power on the old Peloton bike. We're not sponsored by them. And got a doozy 273 yes. watts. I'm feeling i feeling stronger than uh Derwin James and Austin Eckler, quite frankly. I know what
2: all of those things mean. It means 100%. that I've just yeah, You're it just means I've
1: been cycled no I, cycled a lot, yeah. Quite quite hard. Um we've all Dan, you obviously got a Guinness uh, world record uh, last week or the week before for, for, for catching Pokemons. We've also got another Guinness world record holder in Elliot Bermudez. And do you know why he's a Guinness World Record uh, Oh, I World can take a stab at it. Holder? It's the number of Chargers podcast continuously that he's come on without any Chargers gear on.
3: <laughs> What's Chargers gear? I've got a bottle exactly. of wine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Less bottle of wine, wine more Chargers gear, <laughs> Mr. Bermudas.
3: I've just woken up, fallen asleep. Did you say you were doing an FTP? I thought they were those dodgy cryptocurrency images of monkeys that people owned. Why are you no, buying, buying them?
1: It's to do with how much uh, EPO you're putting your veins and stuff. Like All
3: right, Lance. Oh, an FTP
2: I is a file transfer protocol. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
1: And there's your Twitter names that have just appeared on uh, on the screen. Somebody's been tinkering with our uh, our uh, what they call it, it's gadgets. Anyway, we're not here to talk about FTPs and cryptocurrency Pokemon. Bez's lack of charges gear and his his, his enormous fines. That's why his wife's gone to work for a uh, professional football club. So, soccer, actually, not football. Um, to pay, pay for way all out. his fines. Yeah, it's good. Just, no, pay just buy, way
3: buy, out. buy all the rounds of beer when we see each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah both, you're, exactly. both,
3: you're both at heart Essex boys now, aren't you, lads? Like, and you're talking not, about not hot quite. weather. It's raining and freezing up here in the true north. And, and you're all down south.
1: Oh, it's hot. It's hot.
3: Behave.
2: Mate, it's not hot. Quite,
1: it's, <laughs> it's, it's not as hot as where John Ayres lives over in dripping springs i mean that just sounds like doesn't it i'd
3: be if i lived there i'd be dripping springs every day i'll tell you that for nothing Yep. <laughs> i'll
1: tell you what that, that, that is there's two things i don't like about texas the roads are really long and straight and there's snakes i i don't like snakes i don't like long straight roads i once drove from dallas fort worth to uh lawton fort sill oklahoma i am kidding you not we passed this train and it was 125 carriages or something it was longer than the, the Great Wall of China. I am. I'm not. I'm not joking. I am not joking. You imagine trying to keep that thing on the road uh, on the rails in, in the UK. Uh, well, you can't because they're always on strike, aren't they? Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Let's get back to the things that really matter. The LA Superchargers. Who are they? Anybody know? There was some big news happened yesterday. Dan, we signed somebody.
2: Well, it wasn't me at Kicker, so I can only assume.
1: That it was number three, number three, Derwin Jones.
2: Not, not like this guy's jersey, yeah, yeah. you think, number 33.
1: I, I did ask yesterday on Twitter, is it okay? It was a rhetorical question. Is it okay to wear number 33? People came back and said, yes, it is. It is a rhetorical question. Read
2: Twitter. I mean, I've read still the got whole... my 99 Bosa. I've still got my. I don't know, there's half a dozen. The like I think I had a Desmond King jersey before he changed number at one point. I'm not really That's sure. That's
1: all right. It's half a dozen more than Bez, so you're doing well. Yeah, though. yeah.
2: I, I actually have some charges gear.
1: <laughs> Look, guys, it's I think I think there's a reason why Derwin James was paid so much uh in the first place. And and for anybody that hasn't read the athletic, the hot the holding wasn't to do with Derwin, it was to do with his uh agent. Um by all accounts, Daniel Popper did a great article saying that the front office of Derwin were on uh, obviously great terms and and the agent did what the agent does try and get the best deal for him and his client. Uh, in this case, it paid off over 70 odd million, 42 million guaranteed. But this is, Bez, this is what happens when you've got a superstar that's able to master five, uh, five uh, different positions from slot corner to. Uh, uh hybrid Ed rusher. I mean, it's it's is this the final piece of the uh divisional uh championship uh winning team?
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna have a confession here. I was all ready to wind up Chargers Twitter and, and make the case that Derwin was overpaid and we've wasted all this money. And then I went back and watched Charger's highlights from the games he made an impact in last year, the kind of plays he is, where he lines up, the communication, the way he you know gets the whole team on board, the way he trains, the way that Staley talks about him. And then you go, you know what, you just, that man that fran- faces a franchise, you pay him. I'd even go, as fine. I think we're on a knife edge with with a culture. Um, and you've got sort of two two distinct leaders in the locker room. You've got the Herbert hype as this amazing young quarterback, um, the face of the franchise officially um, going out in L.A. and just exciting everyone with throwing the ball and winning, winning games. But Derwin James is the heart and soul, the spirit. You can imagine what he's like before a a crucial game how he would egg everyone on how he would get everyone full of energy and just did you see did you see the first thing he wasn't bothered about the money he just wanted to get out and play football and you pay that man in your locker room you put you go pay him so i'm happy
1: yeah absolutely and i think everyone goes to work everyone's got someone in their office that's always um you know uh appearing like that. They've just had 15 espressos. Uh, and I think you need that. You need that positive energy. Uh, Derwin's a leader. There is a reason why we took him in the in the first round, the 17th overall pick. Yes, there, there are. I have I have seen comments on the Chargers official Twitter feed saying that he's, he's just injury prone. Why have we paid him um, this? Why have we paid him that? Well, Unfortunately, it shouldn't really matter to you because you're not Chargers fans, those that have been making those comments. And they are generally from, from other uh, uh, supporters of other franchises, but he is that good. And and I think, Bez, I'm going to come on to something. I was going to leave Justin Herbert till the end, but I'm, I'm going to come on to him in, in a minute because it, it's a great segue. But James now, I don't know whether or not we'll see him against Dallas next weekend. I don't. Uh, this weekend, sorry. I don't think we will. But to see him walk out on practice field yesterday, Dan, with his pads and his helmet on, you know, um getting getting reps, it is it's a massive boost to the franchise, isn't it?
2: Oh, definitely. Seeing seeing the like videos of him and even the stuff that his agent posted on Twitter yesterday after he was signed was just like, yeah, this is this is it. This is this is quite a lot of hype. This is going to just energize. Heck, it may make some of these players trying to make the roster play the extra bit harder in these preseason games, try and get noticed. Um, But he's such a boost, both talent-wise and, like, well, both on-the-field talent and people talent-wise, motivational. He's he's a true leader, and uh, it's, it's just such relief to see him there, regardless of the price. Like, yeah he's, yeah, he's getting a lot of guaranteed money. Oh, I don't care. It's Derwin James.
1: Well, this is it. You know, I, it was weird because I was on the way back from work uh, last night trying to try not to break the spree limit, to, but to get back to watch the Chargers uh, Dallas joint practice. And at that point, I hadn't got news that Derwin James has signed the contract. I was about 20 minutes late. So I was super hyped to. Um, to actually uh, watch the, the the breaking news so much that I, I i abandoned dinner altogether and had a peanut butter sandwich which i already had for lunch <laughs> so that was more important watching the charges than, than having something substantial to eat but it, it's interesting because he, here's my take on what i'm seeing at the minute i was thinking today about about five or six years ago in the run-up to uh, the charges leaving san diego Chargers twit was very salty. You know, it was almost caustic. He didn't want to be on there. And I've noticed over the last 18 months, it's a very different place. Um, We've seen fans now, um, either new fans um, getting behind the team or returning fans, you know, getting behind the team. The, The amount of people that turn up for practice is phenomenal. Now, this is a segue to Justin Herbert. So we've obviously been, as, as charge, the Chargers community, the Chargers family, we've been watching Herbert for two years. And we've been on the train since day one. And I've complained several times in last season's podcast that he doesn't get enough. He um, doesn't get enough, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't get enough praise from the media. Well, that's changing as well, because now when you're listening to um media commentators they're saying this is a Super Bowl uh contender. It might be an outsider. I think that we're we fifth or sixth favourite. But now we're talking about Justin Herbert. And if you listen to the, uh recent Around the League podcast, they talk about him in 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 bunches as you say in the States that he that they're heaping praise on him like I've never heard anyone talk about any charges uh, player in in the last sort of ten to twelve years, I think the last time I heard anyone talking about anybody charge related was LT back in the day. Th- there's a momentum shift now. Um, I'm not hearing those tones of it's all about Patrick Mahomes. I'm now hearing it's all about tones Justin Herbert. Um, I'm not going to start airing what they've said. You need to listen to it. But Herbert, they re- they 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 compare him to a global superstar who's retired in another sport, you could probably work it out saying, will he be as good as that, that individual? But this is the thing, Bez,
2: Tim Henman,
1: people, Tim Henman, <laughs> people now are actually, <laughs> people now are actually taking us seriously because of the moves that, that the charges have made because of the draft selections, because of Herbert's quality. Um, yes, there'll be loads, 90% of the league will be like, yeah, we're just waiting for charges to, to walk out and shoot themselves in the foot. But we have actually got genuine, genuine quality and there's genuine excitement around this franchise.
3: I still think Herbert's underrated by everyone, even though you're right and he's starting to get some recognition. You know, I'll give you an example. You've got two different people. You've got the media who who are starting to know how good he is. But then what they do is they they take him and they bundle him in with an Allen or a Burrow, right? That, that that's what that, that's the stock thing they're all doing. They just throw him in there, and then they talk about Allen and Burrow more because of their playoff runs. So I do think you know Herbert's got to go on a bit of a playoff front, and he will just light it up in the media. But then you've got then you've got the guys on the ground, and the guys on the ground are the people drafting in their fantasy league. And the problem you've got is that I'm sat talking to people who are, who are discounting Herbert. Oh, I'm targeting Burrow in the fourth round, and uh- yeah. Like, fine, I'll wait till Herbert in the sixth round in my fantasy league and take him. So there's a lot of disrespect still happening and I think this is the season, the deep playoff run, if not a Super Bowl win, that he's going to put it
2: all to bed. i tell you who's not underselling Herbert and lumping him in with the others. It's Chris Sims actually. Um, they did a piece on um, PFT where they were talking about over-unders stat-wise um, for various Chargers players this year. They had Sack totals for Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, and he reckons both will be over 10 sacks this year. Um, that neither of them have had a situation as good as they're in with each other. And then he got on Justin Herbert and it specifically started off talking about the yardage and the fact that last year, uh, Herbert was what 5,000 and something yards, second only to Brady, and the over under was like 4,600. And he's, yeah, Chris Sims was saying. There is not a single quarterback in this league who is a better pocket passer, pure pocket passer. Now, Justin Herbert is more than a pocket passer, but put him in the pocket, give him protection, and if you want to throw a dime to someone, it's Justin Herbert. He's the guy you want. He is the number one guy. So he's not lumping him in with others, which is quite cool to hear, because, again, it's, it's mostly been the rhetoric of, oh, it's, yeah, these young guys. It's not specifically Herbert. It's just this young crop of quarterbacks
1: yeah agree and i just want to emphasize something there because bez caught me off guard and i know what he said and any of listeners what bez said was is underrated by most people bez wasn't actually saying that what i thought he was saying that he's actually overrated so apologies bez just want to clear that one up but on herbert he's one of those athletes He's what i call a freak so I love, as you know, I love, I love the NFL, but but I dip in and dip out of it. in the summer. I, I've given it a break. You know, I I, I turn I, I turn away from it. I focus on uh, pro cycling. If you look at these really really tuned athletes, the likes of um, you know, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. If you've ever seen Dawn Wall, the guy that climbs up the uh, the, uh, the the vertical face. Uh, he sits there for hours looking at those routes. Yeah. He loves it. Herbert is just studying film, studying the playbook. It takes a special type of play. You, there are a lot of people out there that have got physical attributes of Justin Herbert. Then you weed it out by the fact that they haven't got the actual, te- uh, technical, uh, traits of Herbert. And then the, we, we talk about the IQ a lot. Her, Herbert's got that in abundance. How many times have we seen players in the NFL who are massively gifted go off the rails and do their own thing? We see it all the time. We've seen it recently. The most famous one of recent times is is Aaron Hernandez. We all know the issues with with Antonio uh, Brown so on and so on. Herbert just keeps his head down and he works his backside off. And this is an interesting point because there was a a few negative comments about um, the charges against the Rams the other night. And people are saying what's chase daniel doing in the roster now you've got to look beyond chase daniel's actual uh technical ability is is football ability is there as a number three for a reason but when you put that package together in that in that quarterback locker room chase daniel and eastern stick might be the best sounding board that it, they might provide really good counsel for justin herbert so if justin herbert's getting frustrated off they, they they can bounce off him everyone's got um someone at work that they can go and sit and have a coffee with and have counsel with and that's important I think people just sometimes just get too uh, fixated with what a player's doing actually on the field and this is why I like Brandon Staley he, he's looking at all the metrics all the different tangibles that's going to make us a Super Bowl contender um, and I think think that's the difference I think that's why what what makes Herbert a tier one quarterback he's got the athleticism he's got the technical ability but he's also got the ability to sit down and study and work hard. Somebody once said to me years ago, if you're enjoying life, you're not actually at work. And I think that's where Justin Herbert comes in because he doesn't find it a struggle. I mean, Bez, I've just tweeted out this, this afternoon. The Browns starting another season with quarterback issues. There's seven days in the week. Some things never change. Now, if you actually look around the league, How many teams have actually got what you would call a starting quarterback? Well, there's, there's, you could argue that there's, there might be of different levels. There's two elite ones in our, in our division, a very good one and, and uh, a good to very good one in, in those terms. But then you look around the league, you've got the people like the Seahawks, the Browns scrambling around, trying to find where their next signal call is coming from. And, and, you just have to pinch yourself sometimes. We have got an incredibly special talent. He is the hub of the team, you know, you know on, on one side. And you could argue whether it's Boza or Derwin James, whatever you take is. They're the hub on the other side of the football. And now Staley's putting all that together and filling it the cracks with some great signings and, and great draft picks.
3: Yeah, but does it not annoy you? That we are in a very competent division in the afc west because if Herbert was in you know in the afc east with, with the patriots like brady he'd have a 15-year career winning more division titles than you could shake a stick at right then, so was, this, this is thing. ridiculous talent
1: look at the patriots how successful they have been and look at the afc east how garbage that was now if the Chargers go on a deep playoff run If they get to the AFC Championship game, which is plausible, okay, I'm going to sit here and say we did that in a division that was loaded. Because let's be honest, as much as we dislike the Raiders, they will beat a lot of teams this season. I think Denver will too, with Russell Wilson being under centre. So for me, it's a challenge. I'm, I'm telling you now, I do not fear the Chiefs. I do not fear the Chiefs. All those teams have, be have you ever feared us. the
3: Chiefs? You, no, you were, when they won no, a Super Bowl and no. when that you were talking You've about, you predicted 50, 50
2: burgers all the time. 50 burgers yeah, well, time. that's
1: it because it's a mental thing. You look at, you look at, um, you know, whenever the Dolphins and and um, uh, the, the Jets played the Patriots, it was almost like they were beaten before they'd entered play, before uh, before a snap was taken. And I think that I think Brandon Staley said something the other day on. on on one of the the um uh charges youtube videos we we, we need to have a dominant mentality and and that's it, it it's it, it's it's 11v11 ultimately on, on that field and it's 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 having that mel- mental aptitude to say we are the best I, I mean i saw you look at you look at the lions they, they've been torrid for the last god knows how long and I can't remember his name, but you've got that uh, uh, young guy in there the other day was was giving the rally cry. He was, was in tears at the end. That, you know, that's you know, that, that's the passion coming out, saying that we're not going to go um, 17-0. It, it, it's a mental thing. You, you've got to believe. You've got to have the talent because if you've got the, the, the Texas team of last season, you ain't going to win many games unless you play the Chargers in that season. But that's the thing. We've got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot in these instances. And we're now in a position where we have got the insurance policy protecting the mortgage. And the final piece of that is right tackle. Now, by all accounts, Jamari uh, Solia has been receiving a lot of praise for for his contribution. And then there's still the big battle at at right tackle. um, And I don't know how that's going to play out, whether it's going to be Storm Norton or not, but whatever happens, We've got to give Herbert the best chance of, of making plays and, and winning football games. And I think, while every has got the ball in his hands, he's going to be phenomenal. He's got to be an MVP candidate. That's a simple A lot of people talk about Josh Allen, and a lot of people are talking about the Bills winning the Super Bowl. And I respect the Bills. I respect Josh Allen. Just forget the fact that I'm a Chargers fan. I do generally believe that Herbert is a better quarterback than Alan. And I think when we when he gets to year five and he's on a $900 billion contract, <laughs> um, I think people will be confident to have those conversations. And Bez, going, going back to now, people are talking about us, when I start the conversation, there's still an element of, if Justin Herbert had been at the, somewhere like Miami or San Francisco, they'd have been waxing lyrical. The media would have been waxing lyrical about him a long time before now. I still think there's an element of the charges are not a fashionable team. Well, guess what? We've got the best uniforms in sport. We've got the most amazing stadium, although we share it in the world.
0: We've They're got an awesome.
1: Yeah, playing at Hillsborough or or Lair Road for the. <laughs> um, we've got we've got an awesome social media um, uh, uh, team. We, we've got fans uh, that pour into the ground. We've got, we've got an amazing coach, we've got an amazing team, an absolutely fantastic quarterback. Where are the haters now? Because you've got nothing to say, apart from at the end of the season, Went oh, well, this you shouldn't have done this, you should have done that. That's all that people have got now. Before, it was easy to poke a finger at, at the Chargers. People can't anymore. And long may that continue.
3: Uh, I, do you know what? I, I, I'm happy for those to go under the radar. I'm happy to be quiet. I've never wanted my team to be a team that gets all the shot. I, I never wanted to walk down Bolton High Street and see other Bolton. Chargers fans. Bolton. I've never wanted that because we want something to be unique, to be on a journey. We know, you know, we've been doing this a long time now. We've been Chargers fans a long time and, and we've seen the worst of it. And we're getting the benefits now, and, and I'm happy for that. I don't want to be talked about by the UK media, the ESPNs. I don't want to be on it all the time. I want to go and win, and people to go. Oh, I wish I wish I hadn't bought this Raiders jersey because it looks cool. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, but it I, doesn't I think, look cool, Bez, though, does it? <laughs> the thing is, Bez. I think that's that's gone because now we are in the limelight, and we're not going anywhere. And you know, I've been watching NFL media. I've, I've I listened to several podcasts. Um, and I'm, I'm just hearing a, a lot of hype now about um, about the charges. Uh, um, Bez has disappeared there, which is a, a great time to uh, go to a very, very short break. Football fans, join the next generation of fancy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fancy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fancy game licensed by NFLPA. Now, you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more. Just like daily fantasy football build the nft franchise and enter free rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes the next generation of fancy sports is here download the DraftKings daily fancy app now sign up with promo code tppn click the rainmakers tile and opt to get your first card free plus pay for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate nft fancy franchise with rainmakers football that's Promo code tppn Build, play, win, only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back to Charge Up Balls Podcast. I'm your host, John Watts Jr., joined by Dan King and Bez Spaniard, aka L B Mudez. John's not with us today. Um, his his daughter's first day at kindergarten. I hope it's all gone well out there, John, in Dripping Springs. We're getting excited about Kenneth Murray, the fact that he signed a new superb contract. Um, The defence is now loaded with, with, uh, with talent. We've got an amazing quarterback. We've got an amazing franchise. And then, breaking news today, I don't know whether I'm excited about this. I'm positive. Apparently, Kenneth Murray Kenneth Murray will return to practice on Monday. Who are let we, the dogs are, out? <laughs> well, who let the dogs out? He needs to start tackling like a dog because he, we've not seen the best of Kenneth Murray by a long shot. Dan, are we excited about him? Are we moot? Are we just hopeful? Are we just, we'll see how it goes.
2: I am so just apathetic. I, I I don't really care about Kenneth Murray at this point until he does something, uh, until he shows that he's got anything there to separate him from the other guys in that position. Uh, I'm not, I'm not too fussed. Like uh, even the game on, on like Saturday night, Sunday morning, he uh, had even players like Troy reader coming in and making a difference there. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather watch him at this point than Kenneth Murray. Um, not nothing against Troy reader. I think he's very good. Um, but, like that's meant to be Murray's spot and he just completely like put on a show that was like, okay, yeah, you can just get by with someone above average here. Uh And that's all we need Kenneth Murray to be with the rest of the pieces around him. He's just, he's got to be there. And so far he's left a lot to be desired. So.
1: Has any any
3: would you echo that or no? Yeah, I would. Yeah, um, it's a lot of meh with with Ken and Interestingly, just to go on a massive tangent here, has anyone watched the Manti Te'o program on on Netflix? No, I'm
1: watching it this weekend. <laughs> right,
3: so
2: I make sure I'm I did not it. even know about it. So they've made they not
1: ruin
3: it, <laughs> <laughs> Is it well, is it imaginary?
2: <laughs>
3: I've just invented it. Uh, you know what? Uh, though well, it's it's a fantastic watch thing. to give it to give real depth to the story of Manti Teo who came in and he was the last second round we took him 38th overall in the second round yeah. of the 2012 NFL draft I want to say. Yes. And you know he he felt that point and he was supposed to be a massive difference maker and a leader and 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 you know if you haven't watched it out there listeners go and watch it because it gives some depth to the story of what happened with the guy and it's fantastic to get the full details. But um I just don't want Murray to end up being Manti Teo 2.0. To be all hyped up, we go back into the first round, we pick him up as this leader, and he just becomes this hesitant, slow-to-react, oft-injured linebacker. I'm optimistic that he has the potential to bounce back and that injuries have curtailed him so far, but he, like Dan says, go and deliver, mate. Go and do it. Let's just stop talking about him and wait till he starts blowing people up. And if it doesn't happen, this is his last season with us.
1: Yeah, and don't get catfished like Toe did. But no, with with going back to Murray, um, he he will recover and he will he will come back into the fold. But he's 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 not going to be a starter, and you'll see him in rotation. You you'll see him in games where where the linebacker core uh, are getting gassed uh, potentially uh, later on in games, and I think that's where that's where Murray's coming in. But this is a problem because Murray now is under pressure. Last year, uh, you know, he was in a uh, uh, let's say a, a shaky defense. Now he's, he's potentially coming back into a what's going to be for a formidable, possibly a top six NFL defense. So it's going to be even harder for him. And the fact that he's had to be on the sidelines, uh, just uh, scratching off the old grey matter there. I do understand. Was he was he misadvised about his, his surgery? That's why it was it was late on. I can't remember now. Um, I can't remember, but you know, it's he, he's got he's got a lot of work to do. I, I, oh, I part of me wants the kid to do well because if he's doing well, it, it's great for the, it's great for the roster, it's great for competition because the more quality, the better. Uh, and the more of a headache he's going to be for Tom Telesco when he starts dishing out those <laughs> contracts and looking at the salary cap. But yeah, uh, Murray due to come back. For practice next Monday, all being well, whether or not he'll get any uh, uh, snaps um, in the in the last game. Is it New Orleans? I think it is a preseason. I don't know, but it is what it is. Speaking of preseason, Zion Johnson had a great game against the Rams and so did Chris Rumpf. If you remember back to episode 85, I did say that Chris Rumpf would be my uh, bounce-back uh, player. Um, he's put on some weight. He's obviously been learning from Joey Bosa. He's now he's got Khalil Mack to learn from. And and again, it's it's not about me being right saying yeah. He's he's only played one game, but the positives there. I think he had I think he had a, several three pressures. I think it was, a tackle for loss and, and a sack, and that's great news. And Zion Johnson, we said we can't expect him to be like Rashawn Slater, but but Dan, he's come in and looked formidable from day one.
2: Yeah, there was a couple of moments there where I thought he was getting um, beat early on. But I think it was just the way protection was sliding made it look that way more than anything like Buster Simon or anything. He looked solid. Um, He looked as good as you could hope, I think, for a guy in his first NFL game, albeit preseason. But yeah, nothing nothing but impressed there. Yeah I, think, and, yeah, I think Chris so. Rump, as you, as you touched on, Chris Rump just kind of exploded for that tackle for a loss in that sack. It was just – it was impressive to see. And we're with, with forgetting the big star of the weekend was um, Braden Fajoko's dad. Yes. On the big screen. Jig-
1: <laughs> j- jigging it, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's – uh, best for you, anyone else that sort of stood out that you were, you were happy with? I know Parma and Kelly have been getting praise as well.
3: I don't really buy into the pre-season hype. There's always these narratives of people that stand off and they're, they're trying to win themselves jobs, aren't they? Effectively. They're trying to impress. It's the first game uh, of four that we're, we're playing in. And, and it's nice to see some themes come through some good play and but you have to take it all with a pinch of salt because, you know, uh, is Pipkin's going to end up being our right tackle for the future? Is his performance something that he can take over into the real, into the real season is, is um, what's he called? Salmer gonna pre- pre- perform like that? I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic, but I don't. I don't read too much into it, and I don't. I, I just like to let it wash over me, like a bath of the new season. Of the charges have arrived, <laughs> and I glow in there. In the In the blessings of football returned. And you know what? I've, the best thing is, is that once the preseason games come on, it just, just everyone starts to turn away from normal US, UK soccer. Everyone starts look, watching the cricket. Everyone starts watching the cycling on their pelotons. And they start like, talking <laughs> football. The man's sport is back, my friends.
1: Graham Sooners got into the All right, Graham <laughs>
3: <laughs> He completely didn't say what people
1: said he did. I know, it's ridiculous. But no, listen... <laughs> you know i am going to slightly i'm going to slightly go against what you said there Bez, about pre-season i think yes it can be overwrite. but but for the key moments like a uh um a, a reader a reader stop or, or a chris rum sack that's that's a full speed game in essence and little moments like that are going to give players confidence and belief and we, we this is what we said the pre-season is there for the rookies it's there for the, uh, the, the the second year pros that have struggled in their rookie season, and it's there for the for the, the fringe players and those fighting for a fifty three man roster spot to make their marks. So, and and this is what I always say, and it drives me up the wall. The next person in Britain that says to me, "It's only stop starting NFL," I'm going to shove a pencil up their nostrils. It's ridiculous. I try to explain to people, watch the game, learn it, because there's there's a narrative. There's a story behind every single phase of the game, and one of the phases, you know, one of those storylines is is these little plays that, um, or, or big plays, should I say, that these um, under the radar players are, are making it in preseason. So yeah, the the, the the results are nonsense for me. It's about what we see and what positives that we take from from those games and the joint practice on. Um, when was it? Yesterday against Dallas. There's there's some potentially good matchups there. I think think Mike Williams and, and uh, Terrell Diggs were 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 at it. You know on, on the one on ones, and I think that'll be interesting uh, because you've got two quality players there, and there's a narrative. You, you know there'll be a lot of egos out there yesterday between Dallas and and the Chargers, and some people will have walked, Some players will have walked off the field going. That's my day, and it that you'll carry that on throughout the season, and I think that's really interesting. I mean, Michael Parsons versus Slater potentially on on Saturday, that that'll be a good one. So there are some little narratives, but I get what you're saying, Bez, and I'm with you. Generally, I'm not really interested in the results. Come back to I, me I,
3: at the end of week one and let me know what what everyone's snap count is and what plays they've made. Then then no I'll care. Right now, just just let just bathe in the glory. I'm going to turn well, it into an, a, an NFL ASMR video. Just relax <laughs> in the joy of the NFL.
1: Yoga brought to you by <laughs> The Well, speaking of relaxing and enjoying it, what's happening on the second, 22nd of August? All in season two. <laughs> that is off the scale that pro look I like, I like hard knocks i'm a big big fan of hard knocks but all in is off the scale if it was a british program it would have won a BAFTA to buy now that that is absolutely amazing i can't wait i think the Chargers said if we get 2022 likes we'll we we'll release a clip from from episode one i think it blew up blew up uh, off the scale 15 and, likes um, did it
3: 15 likes
1: yeah, 15 likes. <laughs> but thats I can't wait for that. I think Hard Knocks has just dropped uh, on Game Pass in the UK. I've just noticed today, episode two. It's a, it's a bit like the 1980s when we were five seat, five episodes behind the A-team to what they were in the, um, in the States. Showing my age now, aren't I? <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to All In. That'll be really, really good. What do we reckon, Dan? Do you reckon episode one's all going to be about Derwin James or do we reckon it'll be about the team in general?
2: Um, 50-50. Like pre pre, and post, like the mid-break, it's going to be split fairly even, I think. You'll get a lot of, hey, let's catch up on where everyone is and it'll cover everyone. And then you'll get, okay, let's look at one specific case here and it'll be Derwin James. Uh, it's got to be, hasn't it? We all want to know as much as we can about Derwin James right now because we've been starved for Derwin James action.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the problem is we're all in season two. I, I don't think that there's going to be enough episodes. There's-, there's a lot of content there that I want to see. I, I want to see some uh, footage on-, on Mac, you know, uh, JC Jackson, uh, Zion Johnson. Obviously, the- I love listening to um, uh, Coach Staley interestingly i read a great article uh, last night on the athletic by daniel popper on staley and some of the comments after oh he's just arrogant no he's full of confidence he's not arrogant at all in, in my opinion and that's it's a subjective view i don't think he's arrogant coach Staley. i think he knows what he wants he <laughs> he certainly takes responsibility for his own actions and as he said I, we're going to win on our terms I don't, I don't see that being arrogant at all. I, I, I've seen plenty of coaches in this league talking down to players. And that's one thing I like about um, Brandon Saley. He talks with his players, not, not at them. And there's a very difference. And anybody that's got half of a leadership um, piece in them will, will know that because you're going to get more back from your players. If you're living in fear, that doesn't work. i have been on the wrong side of that when I first joined the military. You know, actually being coached properly and having that two-way conversation and that input, and I think that's something that Anthony Lynn didn't really have. Um, and you can see that there's an absolute difference in mindset. Even with Tom Telesco and the chemistry with, with with Coach Daly, I think it's all going to come out. But I think the All In All In season two, we need about fifty episodes. I think Chargers, if you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> Bez, what you're looking forward to in All In
2: season two?
3: Yeah, you can just like open my veins, plug me into it, and just get it inside me because I can't wait. Do you know what? It's, it's, it's always good. Hard knocks has started, and I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed episode one. Uh, the missus, is, missus has a rule in this house that she supports whichever team is on hard knocks. And she's enjoyed watching the Lions, and I've been trying to explain to them just how incompetent they are. But uh, she says, you know what? They're my team for the season. And I, I respect that decision. Go girl! Um, you'll be disappointed because they're probably going like th- three, and God knows whatever the maths is nowadays to get to eight and seven, I know. Um, but
1: uh, okay, tell Hannah she's got to come on the podcast and yeah. give a mid season review.
3: Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll do. Um, but but you know, for the ch- the charges, I just love seeing Staley talk. It's a completely different way of man management. When you watch the Lions and you have Dan Campbell's way, which is Hit the, hit the nail with the hammer and he's there doing yeah, push-ups yeah. with his team. It, Anthony Lynn was a little bit the same. I've been there. I've done that. Respect me. But I'm a player. Staley's is not that way. It's the modern analytical way of respect, trust, and, and getting people in the position to succeed. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I'm really looking forward to see the footage um, of uh, of Derwin James coming and just getting really excited on the pitch. It will be, it'll be very good to watch.
1: A question for you both, just just off the, before we get onto our last point, which is quite a fun segment. In your opinion, I mean, I, I don't, we, we've interviewed the Raider Tape podcast. We're going to try and get them back on, good guys over there. Um, I don't personally know any Raiders fans. I'm just wondering if they're sat within their sort of community going, I don't want to play the Chargers in week one. Going back to what I said about the Chiefs, I don't fear the Chiefs. Do that you, do you, they fear us, or directly they just think it's a load of crap? They've seen it all before from the charges. I don't know what have you heard? So know you two are on some different forums. There's, there's the raiders are, are in fear of the uh, charges, or whether they're not. They're, it's just, I, it's just a load of nonsense. They're not that bothered.
2: I think they're probably not that bothered. Uh, I think the 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 mentality they've probably got that they're going to have to have is to think about themselves and not think about anyone else. Um, You don't want to be looking over your shoulder at the other teams around you wondering, Oh, what are they going to do? Um, Sure. Game week, but um, what's what's the head coach? I'm blanking on his name. Um, Josh McDaniels. It's been around. Yeah. McDaniels has been around long enough. He knows how the game works. He knows how to get players to focus in theory um obviously he didn't last time he was a head coach but that's a different matter (laughs) but you got to imagine they're they're going into it as a very uh insular isolated bunch looking in at themselves and what they can do rather than being kind of paying any attention to what's going on around them i think that's true of uh, most teams
1: you, you think that as well, Bez, is it just me that's thinking no one wants to play the Chargers?
3: <laughs> Do you know what? Someone made a comment actually the other day on Twitter saying that normally, and I agree with this, normally you go into the season and you know who's going for the number one pick the next year, the real dog-egg teams in the league. And a, a cursory glance at everyone's Twitter, each individual team shows me that they're, that everyone thinks they win the Super Bowl this year everyone thinks they're stacked they've they've brought in the best talent they've had the greatest off season and everyone should fear them so just 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 hold off on it a second let's burst bubbles one by one week to week and go from there i'm happy for them all to be confident because soon you'll realize it doesn't matter how good your best wide receiver is raiders if your quarterback can't throw the ball to him it doesn't
1: <laughs> matter <laughs> uh, i mean yeah, there's a i put on there. Uh, I don't know if you saw it in charge at Bolt's Twitter yesterday. That I, I was up my own Twitter, I can't remember Enzo eighty five, but I put a picture of, of Mac and Boza just sat kneeling, captioning this. And I started off with, "Yeah, I see you, Derek." You know, because I tell you what, I'm 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 having a I'm having a wager on 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 car getting sacked three or four times uh, in, in week one. Um, but yeah, it's. This is the thing about the first week. Everyone's excited. Even if you've got a team that's probably going to head at two and fifteen, everybody's got a chance. In week one, regardless of who's on your roster, the record says oh no. And and that is it. You, you know, and even if you go 0 and one, you still, you know, the season's far from over. So everyone's super optimistic. Even the Jets and the Giants fans, the Browns fans, the Texas fans will all be fired up. Uh, it's even the Seahawks fans I mean good, good. 1987 was the first time I watched um, the NFL thank you American Forces Network when I lived in Berlin and it was a, I can't even remember who was playing the Seahawks but I remember it was the Seahawks and back then they were oh, garbage I am old <laughs> 45 um, you know so everyone's thinking that they're up for it I mean we're thinking we're up for it because of everything that we've said in this podcast which leads me on to the final segment of this pod. I'm gonna start with you, Dan. I want you to give a realistic take on what would be the most perfect season for the Chargers. So you can go wherever you want, you can focus on the Chargers, you can you can add in some something you'd like to happen to another team. Obviously, we don't want to see injuries, we don't like that. But you know, if you want to say you want to see the Raiders go 0 and seventeen and the Chargers with the Super Bowl, but it's got it's gotta be kind of realistic, but over to
2: you. Well, perfect season for me. Uh, for the Chargers, uh, I want to obviously hit the ground running, players gelling from day one, um, players staying healthy. That's always, always a plus. Um, and then, I don't know. Um, I would quite like to see the Raiders implode and Josh McDaniels to fail as a head coach again. I don't really like rooting for someone to fail, but I don't like the Raiders, so I'm going to go with that. Um, Something unrelated to the Chargers, but ridiculous that I'd love to see is Andrew Luck coming back. Don't care where. I'd be amazing. I love that. I love love the guy. Um, Can resurrect that Captain Andrew Luck account. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, uh, I think perfect scenes for me. Is chargers hit the ground running, play well, win all the home games, maybe split the away games, but because you need you need some loss, you don't want to go 17 and oh. Who does that? Um,
1: not in this day, I don't think it's ever gonna happen.
2: Exactly. There's too much parity for that to happen. There's not too much parity because parity is great in this case. Um, but yeah, I, I think a nice 15. And two season, still feels weird doing seventeen games, but fifteen and two, top of the division, comfortably locking up that bye for the first week, um, with no major injuries, um, and I don't know a nice championship game against the Bengals. I think give us a game against the Bengals and let us beat Joe Burrow, and just have that extra. No, Joe.
1: Who's that's this that's a fair. I know we've got some guy here from Dripping Springs, Johners.
0: I couldn't let you guys talk about a perfect season without me coming in and telling you what's going to happen for real. So don't can mean to, to bust it, in like that. Can we
1: just can we just get to the important bit first? Slight break, slight change of tempo. How was the first day at kindergarten?
0: <laughs> it's actually the second day. Second uh, day. Yes. It Did is you settle day. in? Okay, John, uh, it was, I was, <laughs> you a make sense? Sad. I cried a little bit. Uh, no, um, mostly a bunch of cowboy fans here. So we had a big, we, me and the other kids were having a big discussion on that, um, on that big play at the end of 11 on 11s where uh, they had a, a, or Dak lofted up a Hail Mary and got the touchdown. Someone was trying to brag on it. I had to mention it was the second team those say, Well, we saw Santi Samuel Jr. Psh, basic kindergartner. Psh, what does he know? Dumb kid. <laughs> had to tell him no. ASJ was coming in to help playing playing for an interception. It wasn't his responsibility. He just came in to help. It's really on the D B and the safety. Could have taken a better angle, but I don't blame him for that. Anyways, so you know, kindergarten's kindergarten, usual stuff.
1: Oh, all, all good, but John. You've uh, obviously you, you've got the script today. We're, we're just we're just talking about uh, a, a perfect season for the Chargers. What it looks like, Dan's had his take. Bez, you can go next, and then John, you can get a feel for what's. Uh, and, I, and then I want to get yes. your take on and something I spoke about earlier. Because we're going to talk about Justin Herbert loads. We don't talk about him enough. We keep saying it. We're going to keep talking about it. Bez, over to you.
3: Perfect season for me. The Chargers go nine and eight. We're, we're, we're distinctly average all season. We, you know, we're the underdogs. We win against some teams we shouldn't. We lose against some teams we should. And everyone rules out. But we, for some mathematical oddity, we scrape into the playoffs with the last wild card on a tiebreak. And everyone rules us out. And we just run a train on the entire playoffs, speedy team after team, and we go through to victory. In the Super Bowl with a Chase Daniel 100 yard touchdown because Justin Herbert was the guy catching it. That's my perfect season. That's all she wrote.
1: You're trying to give me a heart attack. You've, you've, to be fair, that scenario, you've probably got more chance of Andrew Luck coming back to the league than, than Chase Daniel throwing a 100 yard bomb to
3: Herbert. <laughs> well, you didn't ask me what a realistic perfect season it was, just the I ultimate did, perfect you, season. You've got
1: to rewind this video and say it's got to be kind of realistic.
3: Okay, the 98-yard bomb from Chase. Daniel.
1: Okay, that's better. That's that's more like it.
3: No, I mean,
2: come did, did, on. Did, it would be a Chase Daniel scramble. Did you not see the game at the weekend?
1: Yeah, true. No, no, run. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, John. Give give us your perfect season what the what the perfect LA Chargers season of 2022 looks like to
0: you. Well, I think I've got a similar take. Um to be honest i don't know if the perfect season involves them winning the division i don't think that is um to me that's a recipe for i think as bez was kind of alluding to a little bit too much hype uh i don't like the chart i like the ch- i prefer the Chargers to be underdogs um they always play better as underdogs every time they're you know the last few times and granted it was against teams like new england or whatever but uh generally when they were the favorites coming into a playoffs, they look like the better team uh they tend to get uh, upset, so I'd prefer that they don't win the division. I'm actually preferring that they. Um, I'm actually preferring that they uh, only get a wild card win. That's what I would like to see. Is I'd like to them to sneak in in a wild card, eleven win season. However, here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see their crosstown neighbors, the Rams, struggle a little bit. I'd like to see the Chargers securing. That wild card win on New Year's Day by defeating the Rams and also knocking the Rams out of their wild card position. because uh, that way we own the playoffs in LA. None of this, oh Rams, forget that. They're no back-to-back garbage here. They're out of here. We're the only team. We come in, we make a run in the playoffs. Everyone keeps doubting the Chargers, saying, Yeah, they're good, but Chargers gonna charge her. And that's all we hear all postseason long. Chargers going to charge her. Chargers going to charge her. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Chargers don't charge her. Chargers go all the way, and then they beat the San Francisco 49ers to make revenge on that, as uh, someone as so perfectly put out a few weeks ago when we talked about perfect Super Bowl. That would be my perfect season, um, in, in my opinion. So I'm going to kind of go a bit less
1: dramatic than you guys.
0: <laughs> Boring. Boring.
1: Oh no, no, because I'm sticking to my early, my my midsummer special podcast. Fifty burgers
2: in every game.
1: Forty burgers, actually. Dan, no, we're gonna we're gonna sweep the division. We're gonna we're gonna well, not gonna sweep it. We're gonna we're gonna have a five and one record the division. Okay, we're gonna put that one to bed. We're gonna we're gonna have a uh, number one seed in the AFC. Bez is looking at me now. We're going to go through a few trials and tribulations through those uh, early playoff games. Herbert is going to play lights out, he's going to lead the league in yards. This one's really important for me. Okay, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack both in double figures for sacks. Derwin James lives up to the hype of his well deserved um, contract. Chargers. Go to the AFC Championship game. Now, this is where it gets spicy. Bez, I'm going to ask you, who do you want to play in the AFC Championship game?
3: Detroit. Oh, no, wrong division. <laughs> wrong <competition>. <laughs> <laughs> Um So I would like to play in the AFC, in the, uh, what is it, the um, AFL Championship? What do I want? Do you know what? I'm gonna say that I would like the Browns. No, the Bills. The Bills.
1: Browns. Well, it's interesting because that's that was my take. I just wanted to see. I was stroll poll to see where you were going. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype on on, on Allen this year and the Bills, and as I've already said, that I do respect them. But I want to play the Bills. A good friend of mine, Don. Uh, he listens to the show regularly. He's a, he's a massive diehard Bills fan. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of banter to and in the emails if we play the Bills. I know we get to the super bowl and i don't care who we play i don't care who we play in the super bowl we get the w justin herbert gets the mvp not too much to ask for and yeah and john i know you've you've you 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 got to the podcast absolutely fantastic we were talking earlier about the fact that in previous years we've been sort of under the radar but now there's a lot of there's a lot of narrative around Justin Herbert in the, the recent Air, um, around the league football podcast they spoke they 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 spoke about Herbert is he as good as player x i'm not going to reveal it people have to listen to the show uh, in future years a superstar of of american sports we're not under the radar anymore people now they say chargers and the word super bowl contender now, there's a lot to go through the division still goes through kansas city in many people's eyes the afc is loaded you know we, we're not ruling out baltimore um who knows what the, the browns are going to do there's going to be some upsets everywhere the division is going to be tough it is going to be very very difficult there's one thing that everybody has forgotten about not one person whether you're talking about um green bay whether you're talking about um uh, the, the the bills the chiefs the Chargers. i think there's one Common denominator that could upset every single team in the NFL, and that's COVID. It's still there. I thought you were going to say the refs. The, well, well, yeah, well, the Patriots.
3: That's what was going to go for. There, that's
1: just obvious. <laughs> but we, we've got, we've got. I, I don't know. We've got, we've got. We need luck. We've said it before. We need luck. We need a lot of a lot to go our way. But I think if we put everything in our, you know, everything on the table that we can, I think. Things will be positive. We've got to get off to a good start against the Raiders. I don't want to see none of this overtime win with a field goal, or stuff like that, please. We've got to put all that behind us. I mean, John from I put a question to these two earlier on. Are you hearing anything from the from from uh forums from uh Raiders uh camps that they're actually bothered about what the Chargers are doing? Do you think they care? Does it, does it matter? I mean, I, I don't know. What, I, what have you heard?
0: Well, I'll tell you right now. I haven't read anything, uh, mostly because Raider fans aren't very good at reading and writing. So it has definitely only been what I've heard from rumors. But um, uh, honestly, Raider fans are are a little illogical sometimes. They uh, they think that, first of all, they're just so bent on this whole Derek Carr being elite thing. It is, it is, is pretty elite. funny. Uh, they they want him to be. And they will pull out every random stat they can to to try to say he's elite. And then they're going to talk about the addition of Devontae Adams. I think, um, you know, and the Raiders are a fine team. I just think that they're not as good as all the other teams. I I just think that's a fact. I think that the problem with the Raiders is I don't think they have one thing that you can point to and say, they are the best in the division at doing this, right? Like, I think if if you've got, your Chargers have um you know could arguably have the best offense this year uh with the with some losses key losses in Kansas City not only on their weapons but on their offensive line issues uh with the whole Trent Brown thing or sorry Orlando Brown thing um so i think there's some issues with the Kansas City offensive line they lost Tyreek Hill who is a once in a you know who's a one, one of one there's no talent like him as much as you want to compare guys phenomenal tenders, there's no there's no replacing him Pacheco or Pachingo or whoever the heck they you know they're pulling out of the bag to try to say this guy's you know the new guy whatever is he's, he's not Tyreek Hill he doesn't have the same danger right so I think the Chiefs' offense is going to take a small step back uh, I I don't think Russell Wilson makes I, the, he makes the Denver Bronco offense better but I honestly do not believe that their offense is. Really great. I think the Chargers probably have the best offense and, you know, they may have the best defense. Who knows, right? I, I could say, you know, the Chiefs still have Mahomes. The Chiefs still have Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in, you know, in one of the smartest offensive and, and coaches in general and have a history what what a great coach he's there so they've got that in their corner I think with uh, the addition of Russell Wilson I think the Broncos do have some hype behind them so I think they have something to say there's nothing the Raiders can say that say hey we're absolutely the best in this area and I think they struggle with that and even though they have an irrational confidence that they think that they are a real contender in the division and technically right now everyone is a contender I I just don't think the Raiders really are worried about us I don't think you know the Broncos I think are kind of worried about us but I think they're kind of dealing with their own thing right now uh to be honest i think you know i think every team in the afc west is is really happy with where their team is right now i don't think you could go to a fan base and go oh hey you know how do you feel about your team and they're gonna say oh i feel like shit right like you could have been the broncos last year and say hey we love our team but we don't have a quarterback right i don't i don't know a single bronco fan who thought that drew lock or or uh, teddy bridgewater or whatever was the guy right um no. this year they've got russell wilson and a lot of them believe that was their only issue and I don't think that's true, but a lot of them did, did believe that quarterback was their biggest missing factor. Now that they have that in Russell Wilson, I think they think that they are really, truly an end uh, a uh, Super Bowl contender. Chiefs are are very confident they should be the, the team to beat. Uh, and then Raider fans are rational. So I, I don't think there's a lot of us going around saying, hey, I'm so worried about that team in the division. I think every fan base is just like us. We're excited. We have things we can point to that's good, and, and we're happy with it. So I don't know. That's just kind of the feeling I get when I've associated with them <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's interesting as well how different teams are taking a different approach to preseason. I think Andy Reid's come out and said that all the chief starters will will start in the first half um, or play the first half against the Commanders. Um, I don't think you're going to see any of the Chargers uh, stars playing, uh, taking any snaps against uh, against Dallas. Um, I might be wrong, but I don't think Brandon Staley's come out and said that that's going to be the case. But I. I, I I, I sort of raised this question because I think it's trying to get a bit of a narrative of what's going on outside the Chargers building. I mean, NFL content is, is engrossing. It can take over your life and and, and to try and consume all angles is, is, is you know, sometimes a, a bit of a challenge. But I take your point, John. I think it's goes back to the point I previously said. Uh, in week one, everyone's up for it. It's a new start, isn't it? It's the same narrative every year for every team. Yeah, we're going to do well and then... You know, um, teams' Twitter handles get blown up when the team doesn't get off to a winning start. I think it's just very interesting. I don't know; it, it seems weird. We walk, we come into the season, and it seems weird that the 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 Chargers uh, are getting spoken about uh, in uh, yeah, at depth when we've we've not normally seen this. But again, I think there's just a different feel to the whole the whole, uh, season. I think it seems to be more coverage around preseason and training camp. We seem to have more access to the players, which I think is the same in a lot of sports now going forward, which, which is great for the fan, probably not so great for the players, but is there anything that's, that sort of stands out for you uh, this weekend, John, against Dallas?
0: No, I mean, again, I, I the chargers aren't going to play very many starters. Um, obviously we're going to keep watching and keep monitoring the right tackle position. Um, you know, so I, I just, you know, there's nothing big coming up there. Uh, I, I think that, you know, maybe, maybe the running back battle um, is is something to watch. But again, it's it's hard to say what's going on, right? I, I don't know how much value the coaches really put in these off games. These preseason games, obviously, because they don't really think their starters need to be in there. So, you know, a guy could rip off a couple good runs in the running game in the preseason game, but then in the, you know, 11 on 11s or in practice, he could do something dumb, right? And the whole opinion could be skewed, right? So we may, me, maybe watch preseason games going, oh, Joshua Kelly, he's back. He's the guy who we thought he was. He's RB2. And then you see that in camp, uh, you know, with the Cowboys, he loses a fumble, right? Well, I mean, does that mean he just, all that great preseason hype means nothing because he lost the fumble in camp. I don't know. I don't know how this coaching staff is going to view performance in a preseason game, first performance in practice, first performance in these shared practices. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how they, how much, you know, stock they put into, into these games. Um, And then of course, you know, cut downs are coming. I mean, they got to get yeah, down to fifty-three yeah. men. So you know, there's a couple small cuts, and then there's that big, like I was at like eighty to fifty-three cut, right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, cuts are coming. It'll be interesting to see who makes the team, who doesn't. You know, everybody loves Bandy right now. He's he's a he's a hot commodity as a wide receiver who's flashing in that first preseason game. He's flashing in practice. So I think it'll be interesting to see. You know, and for our UK followers, I think you know to just to kind of circle back to that Raiders thing. Uh, if anything, the Raiders remind me of one team, the Premier League. If you're watching that, they remind me of Manchester United. Yeah, they have a history. They have a history. Yeah, they brought in Devonte Adams, who's like a Ronaldo, right? They bring in this, this this elite player, but I think they're still doomed to trash.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, John, the wide receiver. um room at the minute the charge is arguably the most competitive uh area on our roster and if you're on the edge of am i getting you know cut am i not it must be quite an anxious time but in the same token um i know brandon staley said he he wanted from day one to put his players in that position to feel the pain and feel the pressure and this is the this is the good thing about the cuts as well because if if the pressure is going to get 20 players if it is getting 20 players it's going to show right now because when they're when they're asked to execute a drill and they can't do it and they repeatedly make the same mistakes there's the first clue some people are just going to take it in their stride and they're going to come through it the ones that are going to if you're going to falter under pressure now clearly you're going to falter in a divisional game aren't you
0: yeah i mean it's it's hard to say you know what's going to happen where um, you know, what these wide receivers are doing, what these other positions are doing. So, you know, again, I'll, I'll I'll go watch the game. I'll, you know, I'll enjoy just watching football in general, seeing seeing the team out there and uh, the powder blues, seeing them competing at, at SoFi. Uh, it's really exciting to watch that kind of stuff. So uh just get, it lets us know the football's there, even though we're not going to see some of the big names playing on uh, on Sunday. It's fine, right? It, it is fine. We don't need that. You know, I just, I I, I want to see how it goes. You know, something I actually am going to monitor too is the cornerback. I didn't think there was going to be some quote unquote competition at cornerback, but Michael Davis has had a really great camp. Yeah, Michael Davis is looking rejuvenated uh, from all reports. Uh, Michael Davis has come in, uh, it, come in and, and really reestablished himself as the dependable uh, outside corner. So, you know, Sante Samuel, um, you know, Again, solid player, good player, a lot of upside. Uh, but his size does technically kind of say, hey, maybe he'd be better, you know, maybe moving back into the slot. Or, uh, so, uh, you know, we might see some shakeup at the in the starting cornerback room if Michael Davis truly is back. You know, he talked about having off-field issues and some on-field issues that were distracting him and, and keeping him from really being his best. I think he had a few nagging injuries last year as well. So, I mean, honestly, if, if Davis is back and locked in, we can get pre 2021 Davis, the player who kept looking better and better every year, the player who, uh, you know, who the Chargers went out of the way and gave him a, a little, con, uh, you know, pretty decent contract for a player of his uh, caliber uh, getting that contract. If you look, if you if he reverts back to that type of player with that kind of upside and playing the outside, like the doggy is, I mean, honestly, that could be really scary. I mean, if Davis is back to that level playing on the opposite of J.C. Jackson, you've got two guys who could kind of help shut down parts of the field. And then you've got Zomp playing kind of, uh, you know, uh, playing that nickel or, or or kind of playing in the slot, whatever. And then you've got, of course, you've got Derwin roaming because he's got that big contract. Now he's out there playing. Like, this CB group is going to be really scary. This DB group in general is going to be really scary. And I'll be, I'll, I'll be interested in how they, how they come out of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke obviously we've spoken about the the talent of quarterback in our division, but you know there, there are a couple of good tight ends we face as well in in, in Waller uh, and Travis Kelsey, and that's always going to be there. And I think this is why it's so important that when we've got the football, that we we make the most of it. And you know you tie that into the fact that when when Herbert goes down the field and we convert six, that we make those extra points. Um, you know it, it, it's so fascinating it's just it's just it's, it's mind-blown the the permutations and the, the the dependencies in in the national football league is just phenomenal and once you get your head around that it when you know you start looking at we're going to win this game and then you start thinking wow actually what if and then you must <laughs> trying to trying to put yourself in a head coach's position when he's literally got two or three seconds if that to make a decision did you read the article on on um charges system for go no go on fourth downs pretty phenomenal the analytics team they, they've got a decision to make there's a there's a four-way conversation and it's like yes no and i mean that in itself y- you are going to get times where that goes wrong but i'm i'm all i'm all in for this aggressive uh stance and going for it because job is is there any point in being conservative in 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 football we've seen it before and it really is dull you know if we're going to be known as a team that's going to go for it in fourth down i think i'm all in for that what about yourself
0: yeah i mean uh, aggressiveness pays off right i mean obviously it looks great when it works and it doesn't you know look great when it doesn't work so you know you're going to have to you know you're gonna have to live and die by that decision making. But again, I think there's a I think what was really important about that uh, article that and he's talking about in the Athletic by Daniel Popper. It's just a yeah, great yeah. great article. Yeah. If you don't subscribe to the Athletic, again, I'm we're not paid. They're not a sponsor. But I, I honestly always tell people like if you want good coverage, go check the in, in any sport really. The Athletic honestly blows it away. They they're one of my favorite mainstream media sources to get my news from. But anyways, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, Dan Popper, obviously one of the hardest working beat reporters in, in the game. I, I truly believe that. So, you know, mad respect out to Popper. But in that article, what really interests me is the focus on that Staley saying, like, look, we do all this in advance. And our assumption is we're going to go for it, right? So they have that killer mindset. They have that we're going to go for it and you're going to have to stop us mindset, which I love, right? He specifically calls out the whole charging thing, right? Like, we're going to kill that. All right, Charger's gonna charge her. We're killing that narrative. That narrative is gone. Charger's Charger's gonna do go for it. Charger's gonna win. That's the narrative he wants to play. And then he ends it with saying, "Look, at the end of the day, even though I say." Our anticip our, our expectations we're going to go for it. We've got all these plays and all these mindsets of hey, how do we set ourselves up to continue getting first downs, whether that's going for it four straight downs or getting a first down on first and second down, whatever, right? Like they've got all that in their playbook to decide on, but ultimately at the end of the day, when they get to that fourth down decision, it's not an automatic, oh, fourth and short, we're going for it, right? That just means. Are we in a position to go for it? Yes or no? Yes, we are definitely in the position to go for it and fourth and short. But Staley's going to make that ultimate decision. He's going to use that extra little bit. And this is where people, I think, get carried away. Some people are, are going to bang the drum, usually ex players and stuff like that are going to bang the drum. It's not about math. It's not about statistics. You can't, you can't read in a spreadsheet the, this guy's tenacity or this guy's it factor, right? And I get that. I respect that opinion, right? And on the other side of things, You know, there are some things that you see with, you know, that you can kind of see out there on the field and go, oh, that guy must be killing it. And then you look at the stats and go, oh, really? That's, you know, the underlining stats say, hey, that was luck. That wasn't really skill that happened. That was just a luck or a fluke. It's not likely to happen again, right? So there's an argument to be made for each sides of the coin, right? And what Saley's saying is, look. We're going to use the analytics. We're going to use the math. We're going to drive all of our aggressiveness around this. Is it a good idea to go for it? But at the end of the day, I hold the final veto, right? He holds the gavel and he says, I know we're generally we're supposed to go for it here, but my gut is that it's better I, It's better we don't, right? Or my gut is, yeah, let's, let's do this, right? He has the overriding decision. He's the factor. If it's fourth and five and the numbers are like, ah, we probably shouldn't go for it. He may say, you know what? Screw it. We've been killing them. You know, uh, we've been killing them all day on offense. We just had a couple bad drops in second and third down. Screw it. We're going for it on fourth down because I feel like we can get, we can make it happen. Right. And that's the beauty of this system is it it uses both the human element and the eye test, and it uses the math. So I really love the article and I really love the mindset Staley has. And I think it's, I think it's the perfect marriage between the two.
1: Yeah. And I think it's
0: sort of, sort of a couple of final points for me,
1: really, on the whole sort of season ahead. We seem to play better when we're under pressure or behind. But the reason for that, we've been putting ourselves in that position where we've dug a hole for ourselves. Three and outs, missing field goals, chasing a game. I think that is under the Charger in umbrella. I think if we can iron that out, no, I, don't, I don't personally, I might be wrong, I don't think we'll completely eradicate that this season. But if we can iron it out and then you know going forward under under staley and justin herbert that will become less and less frequent because it, there's still team there's still players on our team keen allen austin eckler uh elements of uh, you, you know herbert joey bosa that suffered at the hands of bad play calling and it's whether or not some of those players can, can put it behind them and, and not have to think about we're in this situation again. That's a psychological mindset, um, which I think what Brandon Staley's um you know relating to. Um if we if, if we get if we sort that out, and I think the energy of Derwin James now buoyant with his new contract, we've got Khalil Mackie and JC Jackson is coming with it with a you know with, with with new impetus. We've got we've got the ingredients there to make this happen and be a really successful team. But and it's great to see the media Getting on our uh uh, you know, bandwagon and saying Chargers potential Super Bowl contender. I just don't want to be sat here in week four, you know, I have read a load of negative stuff because the Chargers have charged it again. But we've always said this podcast with a glass half full mentality, and I firmly believe that. I cannot wait to get going. I wish it was week one right now, do you?
0: I mean, it just it can't get here soon enough. I can't wait till the, you know, it's, I can't wait till the games matter. That's what I always say. When the yeah. games don't matter, it just sucks, right? That's, that's the worst part of being on a team that's out of the playoff contention is because the games don't really yeah. matter, right? Yeah. Technically, the, at the end of the day, the win loss does matter. But once you're not playing for a playoff spot, once you're not playing to win a Super Bowl, they don't really matter for anything. They're just positioning at that point. So until games officially kick off um, for the Chargers on that first Sunday, like, I'm just, you know, it's I'm not going to be as excited as I will be. So, you know, but still it's it's still great to see everything out there. It's still great to to, you know, be into the free season and at least see things happening and, you know, so it's just, it's good times all around. Football is who out of
1: the who out of the new players, whether it be um draft class or somebody we've signed in free agency, out of all the new players to the roster that we we know that are going to make the 53-man cut. Who are you most looking forward to seeing?
0: <sighs> that's a great question. I mean, I think one of the obvious answers is Khalil Mack, because, I mean, just seeing what he can do is just going to be – it's going to be game-changing. Additionally, seeing what he can do to help out Joey Bosa and get Joey Bosa more – you know, less double teams and more opportunities, it just – I really want to say, Mack, I think that's the easiest answer. Obviously, JC Jackson is just – I mean, just – just having someone out there with that kind of ball hawk abilities. I mean, the Chargers, you know, turning the ball over, getting turnovers is a big part of winning football in the modern NFL and having a corner that not only can shut down a whole part of the field, but when you do throw his way, uh, is liable to just take the ball away, not just not just stop you on, on a down. It's just, it's so exciting to see that. So, I mean, honestly, I would love to say one of those players, but there's really only one player I'm really interested to see, really one person whose impact I think could have, uh, you know, much farther reaching reverberations across the entire game each game than anyone else. And I know. It,
1: I know where you're going because I'm going to say it as well. It's
0: Spill it's it. the punter. It's oh, the punter. The punter? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You see that hang time? That's gorgeous. So I heard some people complaining about about Scott's um. His hang time is great and elite, but he's not kicking it very far. I'm like, I don't care. We're going to be, we're not going to be going three and out very often, in my opinion. What does that mean for me? That means we're probably going to have a lot of, okay, maybe we stall on, on the 50 yard line. You know what we were really missing last year? The ability to stall out on the 50 yard line and then pin them in their own 10. How many times did that ball either end up in the end zone? or the kick was didn't have enough hang time they got they had it and they were able to bring it out to the 25 or to the 30 right yeah, yeah. how many times do we see that you see this guy with elite hang time and he can plop that ball and drop it right I there know. inside the 10 yard line the guy's going to have to fair catch it if he doesn't he's going to get killed right like i'm excited for that i know that's the nerdiest thing i could probably say in here but no, no, honestly, you know what, john that honestly a punter who can cra- hang the ball like that is exciting for me
1: John, that is an absolutely
0: great shout. It really is because that's got me more
1: excited. I mean, look, JC Jackson, Khalil Mack, can't wait to see them. But we know what they're about. I'm expecting Khalil Mack to come out and really hurt somebody, not in the in a nasty way. I'm talking in a in a technical sense of tackles for loss, sacks, etc. JC Jackson, I'm expecting five to eight interceptions this season. But the one for me is, is Spiller because. I, I do think you're never going to replace LT. It, that that's a fact. He, he's a he's a he's a generational player. You, you know, he's a once in a lifetime player. But I do think, as much as I love Austin Eckler, he's more of a hybrid than a, an organic back. I think Spiller will add another dimension to our running game because we we've spoke about the need to be less predictable, more inventive, and I think Spiller will give us that. So yeah, and it, and it's great because. We just don't know we just don't know what's going to happen this and this is why we, in the last episode we spoke or the episode before we spoke about you know uh under the radar players that no one's really talking about um outside the Chargers building um you know and there's just so much to talk about i mean we've been at this an hour and 20 minutes now it, it, it's great um i i just can't wait to get going i mean i was up at i think i I caught the – I was a minute into second half on, on Sunday morning UK time when we played the Rams. I think it was just after 4 a.m. I'll be doing the same again this weekend. Uh, and that's a long road of, of no sleep for the next six months. But that that's the football season. And it's getting harder as every year goes on. <laughs> I need to, I need to win a – I don't know if the Americans still do the green card. Visa system lottery, they used to do years ago. I need to win one and become <laughs> move over to the States. <laughs> get on get on US time.
0: Yeah. Well, it is what it is, man. We we all do what we have to do to watch the games and to get into it. So,
1: yeah. I mean, look, and this is the thing, you know, we I think 99% of football fans actually crave the game when when it, you know, when it when it gets to September, it's like, right, come on, let's get on with the season now. We've not seen any meaning of football since the Super Bowl, you know, and, and after January, uh, after December, the 31st, you well know that the game's sort of reduced because of the playoff situation. And here we are, back to red zone, back to full-on, uh, 18 weeks of pure adrenaline. I can't wait. John, any final thoughts on you ahead of, of, of pre-season game two? Anything you want to mention about um, training camp or... Do you want to say anything about the Derwin James contract? We spoke about it earlier, but any, any takes on
0: that? No. I don't think there's anything to be said about Derwin James contract. I mean, it's a lot of money and you know, there's a lot of risk in it. If you ask me, there's a lot of risk that he's, he, he he's not going to live up to that. I get it. Right. I, I, I agree. I agree with anybody who says, Hey, there's a major red flag in injury history. It's a lot of money for his safety. I get all those arguments, but I also get, agree with the arguments that he's not just a safety he does way more and his impact on the field is way more than any other safety i think someone someone was on um you know, over uh, looking at the contracts and he's like one of like, he'd be like the fifth highest paid safe or cornerback in the league or something like that. Fourth or fifth highest paid cornerback, which, you know, maybe he, maybe he should be, maybe he should be valued like a cornerback and not a safety. Right. In today's NFL, when you start blending positions, this is going to happen. You're going to start to see them pay more for a position that traditionally isn't paid as much. Why? Because he's not just a safety. He is a linebacker. He is a cornerback. Hell, he's a freaking edge rusher sometimes. Okay. He's a little bit of everything. And I think he deserved the payday he got. Right. And I think ultimately, what does that do? It, I think not just, I think, and I don't know, I'm not sure if you said this, I'm sorry. I I wasn't able to lie. I was in line at kindergarten, unfortunately, but it doesn't just, (laughs) it doesn't just give confidence to Derwin but it also gives confidence to the rest of the locker room and anybody else who's thinking about, should I become a Charger? They see that and go, hey, they pay their guys, right? You can tell me all day long they're cheap. They don't pay their guys. The Chargers have done nothing but pay their guys for the last three off-seasons, or have they not? You know, yeah, you can complain about Kaiser White getting let go, but it's not like they didn't pay him. They didn't sign him because he cost too much. They didn't resign him because he didn't fit in what they want to do, right? He got paid, what, $4 million or something like that? They could have afforded that, but they decided not to because... They had other plans and he didn't fit in the plans. And that's fine. It's not a thing against Kaiser White. So the Chargers are not some old Chargers uh that you used to think of that didn't, you know, that let receivers and let big names go because they didn't want to pay them. The Chargers today are saying, look, if you fit in the system and, and you're a quality player, we will pay you. So I, I think that's that's what that contract. And, like, I, and so. I
1: think and I think that John, I think that relates to the market that they're they're fighting for in LA. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the only way to do it is to be aggressive. The Rams did it. We spoke about Les Sneed bringing in Von Miller last year and they obviously went on to the Super Bowl. And I think it's the only way to be. So, you know, um, yeah, it's all good. Um, we'll catch up next week. Thanks for joining myself, Dan, Bez and John. You can catch us at airs at, at Enzo85, at Bez Spaniard at UKLA Chargers, at charged Up underscore Bolts. And the podcast is at Charged Up Pod. We're um, we part of the App Pigskin Network podcast. Uh, it, it's all good. Thank you for listening to Charged Up Bolts. Enjoy the game if so far at the weekend. If you're not, enjoy it on Game Pass. Let's hope that we have some more um, outstanding uh, plays from some of our under-the-radar players. Injury-free. And then next week, we've got All in season two to look forward to. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again. Bolt up.
0: Bolt up. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.